Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Nice. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Great News with Kevin Ryder and Michael Catherwood. Yeah, it's an intro. The show's about to begin, bro. Bro. Say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues, cause Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. I feel like we should have a crowd and they should be applauding right there. Sure. I mean, there is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, both of you. Yes. Um, A member of the Kansas City Chiefs is a weird dude. I don't know if you've heard of this guy, but uh, his name is Laurent Duvernay Tardif. (laughs) I have heard the name, but I always thought he was some like. Uh, uh, Duke from, you know, Austria in the no. 1920s. That name is, uh, I believe it's French because I believe he grew up in Canada on the East Coast. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Yes. But he plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. Who just played in the Super Bowl. They didn't win. They did not win, no. But Lauren is also a medical doctor. <laughs> what? He's also a medical doctor. I'm always so sh- Like... It's it never I don't want to say it doesn't impress me, but it doesn't surprise me when people are like, I'm an NBA basketball player. I'm also a painter. Right. I'm also because you go, oh, well, that's, that's NBA beautiful. basketball player. You assume it's all consuming and you don't have time to be an artist. Then one thing that's all consuming fucking MD. <laughs> yeah. Like well, he went to medical school and finished and residency. It's Canadian medical school. So it's probably like half of what we do. Oh, yeah. You, you're <laughs> sick. What are you talking about? <laughs> What's all your sickness about? Come on in. He is the first player to ever opt out of a football season. He opted out of the 2020 football season, including the Super Bowl we just watched. That's what? Because he is in Canada being doing doctoring stuff. Fighting COVID. Yes. Dude. Okay, much props to right? you. Right? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Barracuda Vanderlei or whatever your name is. <laughs> His name is Laurent Duvernay Tardif. It's not Barracuda Vanderlei? No, it's not. Okay. Um, the only thing that he hadn't done for his doctorate is um, some kind of rounds where you just have to do the really worse stuff. You yeah, know what I mean? Like catheters. Is that residency? Is that what they residency, do? Residency, yeah, okay. yes. And changing sheets and yeah, stuff like that. Well, that's what he was doing. And here's a, uh, a story on him. Meanwhile, we will not see Laurent uh, Duvernay Tardif. However, he was honored as a Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year and was also awarded the Lou Marsh Trophy, which is given annually to Canada's top athlete. All of this for a player who didn't play a single down this season. Our Andrea Kramer now has more uh, on how Duvernay Tardif's priorities shifted during the global pandemic. In February of 2020, As you are basking in the glow of being a Super Bowl champion, if I told you that a year later, as the Chiefs are preparing to defend their title, that you would be healthy and sitting in Montreal, you would have said what? That you're crazy. (laughs) Right? All right, hold on one second. Hold on one second. I believe, and you can judge for yourself, that this reporter is in love with him. Oh, yeah. You could just tell. Dude, but so is everyone. Every gay man and straight woman is. He's an <laughs> NFL football player. He's like, oh, no, I'm going to uh, got to do my doctor thing. I'll be back. <laughs> I'm skipping this that's, year. That's but... so unfair to, like, getting laid. You know what I'm saying? Like, be, imagine if there was, like, a fireman rock star. 
or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this is unfair. You can't yeah, be an no, NFL he... football player and doctor. No, you're right. Here's his story. Medical degree. I have a doctorate of medicine. There you go. But I'm not a fully licensed uh, physician yet because I haven't done residency training. I was hired by the, the medical system as an orderly. Oh, dude. An orderly. What happened that crystallized your decision to become the first NFL player to opt out of the season? Every July 25th, it's the beginning of training camp. At some point, I was like, is it really what I should do? So I guess you guys know by now uh, that I decided to opt out. The last four months in a long-term care facility really gave me a different perspective. I've seen, like, firsthand the shortage of staff, people getting sick, people dying. I, I just don't see how I can just go about my business and play football right now. Look at him. You realize that what really matter, it's not the treatment, it's, it's the caring, you know, making sure that your patients are comfortable, that they preserve their dignity. And, and that's really what I learned. What became your priorities when you chose to opt out? It's not easy to say no to one of the best years of your career and, you know, a potential second Super Bowl. I was feeling like I was letting my team down. But at the same time, I feel like I got to be able to look at myself 10 years from now when I'm going to be a physician and be like, I made the right decision. For me, there was going to be things more important than football this year. Oh, yeah, I'm lifting weights in the snow. As the season went on, when the stakes are getting higher, when it's getting darker and colder, like that's the time of the year that I love playing football. And not to be there with my teammates, it's, it's like getting harder and harder. What's been the toughest part of missing the season for you? It's winning, and the Chiefs are pretty good at winning. The Chiefs yeah. are back-to-back AFC that, champions. Except watch the game on Sunday, and then the next day you're working at the long-term care facility, and all they talk about is how good the Chiefs are. The Chiefs are heading to the playoff, and 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 you're like, what am I doing here? Like with a with a cup of like uh, apple puree and, and medication. What's it going to be like for you to watch the Super Bowl and know you have nothing you can do about the outcome? To some extent, I think it's going to be even more difficult than actually being there. One of the things I ask myself is, if the Chiefs win the second Super Bowl, how am I going to feel? I promised myself I was going to be happy, and I want them to win, and they will. Mm, mm, not so much. But um, I believe it's on Laurent. I believe it's his fault that they lost 31-9. They would have won. Would have won. <laughs> um, that is an amazing human being. Honestly. He's hired as an orderly. He's a doctor that's hired as an orderly. Yeah, think about that, too. Like, you could almost understand it if he was going back to, like, surgery or he was, like, this really well-regarded right. MD. He's going to be cleaning up piss. Like, I mean, seriously, yeah. that's what his job is. And yeah. he gave up a Super Bowl contention NFL job to do that. Um, that's really, really, really beautiful, really moving. I just see myself in that position going, no, long-term care, holding pee. Playing in the Super Bowl, possibly helping my team score more than nine points. Yeah. Well, and also he's an I, amazing dude. I talked to Nick Hardwick 
this last week on my um, podcast, my personal podcast, and Nick, Mikey, it's called Mikey Likes You. Mikey Likes You. Thank uh-huh. you very much. And um, he is a former NFL player, star, all pro level uh, lineman for the San Diego, what was the San Diego Superchargers, and um, <laughs> he he was talking about. He's like, you don't understand, like. I totally see how um, players, especially in the NFL, have such a crippling depression leaving the league because he's like, I have children. I have a beautiful marriage. I've had great things in my life. Nothing compares to coming out of the locker room on yeah. a Sunday with the thundering applause and people. He's like, the, that feeling that what happens chemically is so overwhelming um, so for this man to, to give that up is to, to have that experience yeah. last year yeah. and be standing there holding the trophy. That is yeah. amazing. It truly made. And I, okay, here, this brings up something I was thinking about. I had this idea, like why are Canadians on? I mean, this is not stereotype. Canadians are so nice. They're yeah, all agreed. agreed. Typically very kind people. And then I thought about like Americans um, I always have found that uh, uh, some parts of the South, but also mostly like the Midwest, like the real Midwest, mm-hmm. that's like the nicest Americans. Like they're so just kind and like gen- sincerely, uh, what, genuinely nice. What about each coast? What about the East and West Coast? I mean, most, look, look, I don't, I hate to make generalizations, but people. You're about just, to. They're, they're easy. I think they're more outwardly nice in small towns in the South. And then mo- like, if you ever go to like Milwaukee or or like uh, Madison, you're like, wow, everyone here is so nice to me. Yes. I'm a stranger. Yes. Um, so I was like, maybe it's the cold. People in the cold are nice. But then I was like, Russia and Boston. Because <laughs> no, there's two places where they're not nice and they're very cold. Yeah. No, so agreed. What is it? It's it, not the cold. I don't know. All right. I well, don't know. Kevin, that's a beautiful story about a beautiful man, and he deserves to be congratulated. I'm going to show you a story about a beautiful animal. Okay. And the reason this is so beautiful is because uh, amidst nature, I'm sure animals all the time take from other animals. They take advantage. They have yeah. to do what they have to do you for steal. survival. You steal. You steal, of course. Or you take, or that's, you, that's or you part kill. Mm-hmm. You know, it's part of nature. This raccoon is so good because he does it with style. The style of a human being. Check out Raccoon Thief. Oh, hey, cats. What's up? What's up, guys? He just oh, you guys are eating? right past. You guys are eating? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Later. Later, bro. Watch <laughs> this again. And by the way, doesn't run away. Eats it right in front of their face. I love this, that looking, like just walking past mm-hmm. them going, what? Yeah. Who's got some? No. And look at the cats. They're like, are you shit? Whoa, what, what, what? Oh, dude, come on, man. And then he goes, right there. Watch me eat this. Watch me eat this, fuckers. Have you seen my claws? Have you seen my claws? Yeah, don't even come near me. I love, that raccoon is the best. That I raccoon is the best. There's a lot of FU animals. I think raccoons and possums top the list. Yeah. Because they don't just screw with you. They screw with you and go, yeah. And what about it? it? Sitting on your, uh, your trash cans, they're like, I came out one morning. Mm-hmm. I used to do the morning show at K-Rock in Los Angeles. And I came out, and it was dark like normally, and it was like 4.30. And there was a raccoon mm-hmm. behind my car, you know, outside the garage. So I opened the garage door, and I go, oh, there's a raccoon there. So I'll just back up a little bit, and you know, get the point. it'll run off. Yeah. And I backed up, and it just sat there, just like that one, just like, what do you got? Yeah. I ended up being stuck there for about 10 minutes because I couldn't figure out how to get the raccoon to move. And 
they're smart enough to know that they're fucking with you, right? Yes, you know what I'm saying? I think like, so. It wasn't a naive, so. naivete thing. He no, was like, I'll tell you that because I found a two by four mm-hmm. and I literally, I was like, all right, listen, throw the two by four close to that bad boy and it'll scare it yeah. and it'll run off. Yeah. And I threw a two by four at the thing and it clang, 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 clang. And that thing was just like, not today, buddy. You missed me. Yeah. I'm right here. Yeah. What's going on? Finally, I just started backing up and backing. I was just going to yeah. go to work. And by the time it got sort of even with my bumper, yeah. it just strolled, just a leisurely stroll away. Yeah. And it was beautiful. You know why? Why we lose? Because you had that happen in the valley and I would have it happen to me, you know, either in Venice or like Pasadena or something. That Those raccoons don't do that in like, in like Del Rio, Texas. Oh, they don't? You know why? They have guns? Racket that shot and, and the then they run. Raccoons have guns? No, no, no. The, oh. the humans do. Oh, that would be great. Because there's one easy way to solve that problem. Yeah. But you can't do that in Tarzana. Yeah, we're you know in Los Angeles, so that does. Boom. <laughs> and then, by the way, <laughs> that raccoon, even if you miss, they're not coming back. He's going to tell all raccoon friends, too. They'll That's like, what I thought when they threw the two by four. Yeah, the two by four doesn't mean <laughs> shit. Look at that animal. They don't care. They don't care. <laughs> it is. So bizarre to watch an animal just give you that, yeah, and what? And what, buddy? Yeah. It's crazy. Especially an animal that, uh, granted, they could cut you up. I mean, they have really sharp claws, but you could still, we will win. No, we would take them. I will snap your neck, little shithead. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll get scratched in the process, but I will. Yeah, but it stands there. They're like little, little like Diaz brother animals. You know, it's like, (laughs) what? You want it? Let's go. Anytime, any place. Hang on. I just got a notification that we're doing our podcast. Okay, good. Yeah. Good, good thing. All right. Um, Here's a billionaire (laughs) who is going to raise $200 million for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. 200? Yes. And when you say raise it, because he's a billion, he or she is a billionaire. A billionaire. He's not going to write. He's not going to write a check. He's going to write a check for half of it. So he is guaranteeing a hundred million dollars. That's their floor. One hundred yes. million. That's, how, that's where they start. Holy moly! The guy is a tech inter- uh, entrepreneur named uh, Jared Isaacman, and listen to this. He made his fortune in tech and fighter jets. He has the largest private fighter jet army. What is with these people? First, it's the NFL playing doctor. Now it's the tech fighter jet guy. Yes. That, you know what that sounds like when you ask like a seven-year-old, uh, what are you going to do when you grow up? And they're always like, I'm going to be a major league baseball player and a fireman, and then I'm going to be in the Marine Corps. He, this guy didn't understand that the kids don't know what they're talking about at that age. <laughs> I'm going to make fighter jets and then be a tech billionaire. <laughs> it's like Tony Stark. Here's uh, an interview with him. Welcome back to Yahoo Finance Live. SpaceX announcing its first ever all-civilian space flight crew. And we've got the guy who is commanding this trip. We want to bring in Jared Jared Isaacman. He's a co-founder and CEO of Shift for Payments. And Jared, it's great to have you on the program. This clearly is a very, very exciting flight that's expected to happen. It's expected to be a multi-day trip from what I gather. But what can you tell us about it? Yeah, well, first, thank you very much for having me. Uh, I love talking about Inspiration4 and everything that we hope to accomplish with this mission. So it's going to be the first all-civilian mission to space. It's the first hold step uh, in, towards Hold a- up, hold up. I don't want to be on the first all-civilian 
trip to space. Yeah, no. I want someone to be there who knows what they're doing. Yeah, it's like surgeries. You're, you don't want to be the first. <laughs> You're like, go ahead and work this All one out. All civilian yeah. surgery. Yeah, fuck that. Okay. A world where everyday people can go and explore among the stars. Um, and that's pretty significant. And recognizing the significance, we've tried to be like super thoughtful about the, the crew that's going to go on this mission uh, and represent us, as well as um, the organizations uh, that we hope to benefit, including uh, kicking off the largest fundraising campaign ever in the 59-year history of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Can I just say congratulations? This is the coolest story in a long time. I don't know where this guy and came from. The fact that you're going to be <laughs> possibly, you know, launching this fall with normal people. I'm cheering. I wish I could go, but I lose my cookies just looking at the TV sideways. But let's talk about the St. Jude element because all you have to do to be eligible to be one of those people is to make a donation this month to St. Jude, right? Yes, and that's like one of the most exciting parts about this mission um, is how we're opening it up to the public. So, you know, as of yesterday, we kicked off the Inspiration4.com mission website, uh, and we are inviting people to go on the website and potentially join us on this incredible mission. So you can make a donation to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which is, you know, an incredibly worthwhile cause, right? And at the end of the month, um, we're going to do a, uh, a random drawing, and somebody who you know made that donation to that good cause might be getting, getting fitted, fitted for a spacesuit. Space uh, and we're also going to bring a crew member up uh, who's going to represent, who's going to be an entrepreneur. And we're inviting, inviting um, anyone, anyone, whether, whether you, you are currently a business, business owner or thinking, thinking about, about uh, creating a business, business going to go Inspiration4 website, you know, create, we're going to go to the Shipboard shop platform, create a website, and then make a video and tell the world about your business and how it's going to make a positive impact and why it should be elevated to the stars. And then at the end of the month, there will be a, uh, an independent, um, you know, judging competition, competition to, select to select our fourth, our crew, fourth member crew member that will go up on the Inspiration4 mission. How about so that? You're talking about how about that? A guy who's using this, he's got that much money and he's figuring out a way to get other businesses to actually help and make a difference. And it's, it's a perfect thing. Flying to space attracts the people who have that much money to does make it those attract you no because i would donate and then i would say take me out of the drawing i don't want to go i don't want to go to space no i don't want to be one of the first civilians to go to space i'm going to go once it's been tested i don't think enough people understand what they're saying when they say i would love to do that because yep. i went in one of those planes that the russian cosmonauts do where they do the uh, the, the gravity um, right check where you go high enough, you're, you're not even leaving the Earth's atmosphere, right. but you're getting close, and then they rocket so you could feel the loss of gravity. It's so scary to get up past yeah. the normal areas of the Earth's atmosphere that you're... It's fucking scary. Imagine going even farther where it gets dark and you're in space. Dude, that's terrifying. My, the ter par, uh, terrifying part for me is I'm sitting on jet fuel. A whole, th a whole rocket of jet fuel. The on whole thing that, is jet fuel. How about this? If and then something they goes light wrong, it on fire. If something goes wrong, you're in space. <laughs> do you know how? Do you know the margin of error in going into space? <laughs> you're screwed. <laughs> All right. Well, so good for him. Good for him, yeah. right? Raising money for St. Jude's. Good for him, man. Um, now, this isn't certainly as overwhelmingly impressive as a guy raising money through charity to fly to space. But this is one of those everyday acts of kindness that you go, wow, that makes me feel good about humanity. Uh, this guy's a YouTuber, and he moves to San Francisco. He's not from the area, and he got a flat tire. 
he realized that it was such a weird cross section of people who out of the blue offered to help this young man. So he thought, like I said, he's a YouTuber. He's like, I'm going to pretend to get another fake, fake flat tire or have another tire trouble. And I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to film it and uh, check out this amazing act of kindness. Uh, you should have a jack and a, and a, a lug wrench in your trunk. Do I? Do you, do you think? Good. I mean, I have, I have no idea how to change a tire or anything. Is what? It, do you, what do you normally check? Now, this is a oh, homeless man that one. just walked up. I don't have oh. one? Yeah, your jack and your lug wrench is missing. Damn. Because, I mean, I don't live anywhere around here. I don't know anybody around here either. I'm from San Francisco. I moved like just like two days ago. Oh, sorry. Vice hey, I have some friends that we're staying right down here. Uh huh. I'll go see if they got a jack. Do, maybe if you can help me out. Yeah, we'll get through this. Don't awesome. worry about it. Thank you so much. I really Give appreciate. Give me a minute. Hold okay. on. Thank, thank you. We'll get through this. Not even close to done. Not even close to done with this random broke homeless man. Keep going. Thirty you minutes later. Let you borrow a jack. No, actually, I went and bought you one. You went and bought me one? I took my What's going on here? money in. You're destroying I my clip. Maybe you said you wouldn't go. <laughs> stop it and start it over? I'm not the. There we go. Not at the beginning, but just pause right it. Down there, so I didn't Yo, you bought okay, me pause. Jack? Wait, so what, 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 what we lost in the, in the audio problem was um, the, the young man says, Hey, so, oh, your friends let you borrow a jack? He's like, Nah, man, they didn't have any, so I just went and bought one. Did he and, just peel off hundreds? And the guy goes, well, uh, did you have enough money? He's like, no, no, I just, uh, I gathered my recycling together and got, got some cans and cashed them in so I could buy you a jack. Wow. And, and, and what? Keep going. How much was that? How much was that? You stop that! Pause and start again. Don't worry about it. Uh, don't worry about it. It's about 50 bucks. Don't worry about it. 50 bucks? Yeah, it's okay. You could have used that money for so many things. Yeah, but you're a young guy. You know, you're not from around here. You could use the help. Man, thank no. you so much. No problem. So Safe. let's get this taken care of. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Now, at, that point, so to... at that point, as the homeless guy, I'm done. I got you a jack. Here's a jack. Here's a jack. I got to go. Right. Somewhere. Anywhere. Yeah. But here. And he gets down and starts fixing it. Oh, yeah. And Crazy. He, and, he, and he totally gets the guy ready to rock. And then, of course, um, the, the other happy ending is that uh, not only did this young man give him lots of money, you know, like, like 80 or 90 bucks, whatever he had on him, he then uh, took him out to dinner and then he befriended the guy. And now they, they continue. But I just thought that that was so overwhelmingly impressive. I don't like that. Watch oh, what happens it, next. It did look like Two the, guys in a car. It did look like the bang bus, right? <laughs> like, it's like, oh, so where do you need a ride to, honey? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, man. Makes you feel good. How about that guy? Yeah, How about that guy? It's always fascinating to watch people who have nothing help others. I, I love that. I agree completely. And don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not crapping on the, the, the billionaire that's obviously writing big checks because that is incredibly generous. He's helping people too. But to think when someone doesn't have a pot to piss in and then they think it of themselves like, oh, well, I got to help someone else. This guy needs help. That's <sighs> all the further yeah. his thinking went. That's crazy. All right. I would like to uh, introduce you to Nzabi Marek. I'm pretty positive I said that right. Oh, yeah, sure. I, 
bet all the money in the world you did. <laughs> and Zabi was just named Young Champion of the Earth. <laughs> That's the best title ever. I didn't know you could be Young Champion of the it Earth. It sounds like something Steven Seagal would say about right. himself. It's uh, an I'm absurd also, title. But she coaching Mashida, and I'm also a Young Champion of the Earth. <laughs> she is a material engineer in Kenya. Awesome. And she put two things together. We have huge problems with plastic. Meaning there's too much litter. Of, of course. Okay. And we need building materials. Okay. So she figured out a way to take plastic and make bricks out of the plastic. Out of litter plastic. Like that wasted. Are, yes. That oh are God. S- stronger than regular bricks. Oh, my gosh. Watch this. Let's turn trash into cash. Just trash. My name is Nzambi Mate. I'm the founder of Jenge Makers Limited. Jenge Makers. plastic waste into building products. Young champion of the plastic earth. Plastic waste is not just a Kenya problem, but it's a worldwide problem. And here in Nairobi, we generate about 500 metric tons of plastic waste every single day. And only a fraction of that is recycled. We decided what more can we do instead of just sitting in the sidelines and complaining. Essentially, companies have to pay to dispose the waste. So we solve their problem. The waste essentially comes for free. This is the plastic waste we get from factories. With this, we mix with sand as the plastic is like the binder. We have three machines. The extruder does the mixing of plastic waste with sand at very high temperatures. And then the press uh, compresses it. Plastic is fibrous in nature, and so therefore the brick ends up having a stronger compression strength. Oh my God. Does that look like waste to you? It's almost half the weight, so therefore during transportation and installation it's faster in terms of cost implication. Half the weight we stronger. Right now we have a capacity of producing 1,000 to 1,500 bricks a day. So far we have recycled 20 metric tons, and we are looking to push that value to 50 by the end of next financial year. Winning the Young Champions of the Earth Award is a huge motivation booster for us as a team. It's been a long three-year journey, and so this was like someone saying, I see what you're doing, and I appreciate that. And with this platform, we're looking to see how we can get on both partners to scale this solution, not just in Kenya, but all over Africa, just to start. And in addition to that, be able to impact and motivate other people and other youths to do similar things in different places. So right now we are just making paving blocks, but we now want to make actual building blocks. As I like saying, you have to be true to your why. Why are you doing this? What is the motivation behind it? For me, I was just tired of being in the sidelines of seeing plastic. I ideally jumped in off a cliff without even a parachute. I I was building it as I was falling down. But isn't that how great things are done? So act for nature. How great is she? I love her. I love her a lot. She's the young champion of Earth. I want to be young champion of Earth. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, I want- but here's my thing. Yes. How many of us, of course, she's a lot smarter than we are, but see plastic and go, wow, that sucks. Go on about our day. Yeah. I do, her. That. I do that every day. Right. Yes, every single day. She makes it into a brick. I'm like, eh, that sucks. Litter. <laughs> well, that's bad to have all that plastic there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good, uh, gosh, right? you're, you're, you are Young champion of Earth. You collected uh, uh, amazing humans that are doing amazing things. I collected amazing animals Love both. that are doing amazing things. Love I both. already showed you Raccoon, Raccoon Thief. This story, 
And all I'll say, because it's, it's long, got to follow it, but this is true. Okay. You, you, Kevin, you, the audience, this is true. You think I won't believe it's true. I know you won't believe it's true because I didn't believe it's true. I read a book a while back called American Wolf. Same. And uh, I do recommend it. It's about wolves in America, which I guess is not natural. American Wolf is and, about wolves and, in America? And they wanted to bring wolves to like Yellowstone because they're such majestic, beautiful animals. So they went to Canada, brought down these wolves. The thing is, is that wolves in North America are so, their existence is kind of turbulent and tenuous. So they're all, they're all marked and almost all monitored. Oh, they're all tagged? Yes. Oh, interesting. All tagged, I should say. Yeah. Um, so this, this story. <laughs> he's got a black mark on his ear. He's combined. <laughs> like a cattle prod. Um, these, uh, so this story is, is told from uh, out, outdoorsmen and, and mountaineering people in, in Canada this is real. This happened. Go ahead. This is not what I was looking for. No, but he's saying I'm on the hunt. I'm after you. Hungry like a wolf. It's a theme song for your story. I will say this. I'm glad. Uh, I'm, I'm not glad that you played Duran Duran. But this does give me the opportunity to say, go back and listen to some of this. What was considered... Like Duran Duran was the 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 most cheese ball band in the eyes of like the music community yes, in agreed. the mid '80s. They were super successful, but they were like sort of disposable. Oh, Simon's just handsome. That's why they're famous because they're they're not. Listen to those like bass lines and stuff, and compare it to the the superficial. They just make it on their looks. Artists of today, this is way better. Yeah, these are way better written songs. Although that's not your point. That is not my point. Okay, <laughs> play this. Goddamn story. <laughs> this story happened in the far north. A man was going through a forest and he came across a huge wolf. The man was frightened to death and he couldn't see at first that the wolf was in a trap. The beast looked exhausted. It was clear that quite a bit of time had passed since the wolf fell into the trap. The man came closer and examined the animal. He noticed her swollen nipples in which there was milk. It became clear that there must be hungry pups wow. somewhere nearby. Despite her fatigue, the she-wolf did not let the man come to the trap. It was necessary to do something. Looking around, the man went to search for pups. A few minutes later, he managed to find the location of the wolf den. The man brought his hands to his mouth and tried making a wolf howl to call the babies. No one appeared. He tried again. To his surprise, he managed to get the pups to come out of their den. What? Obviously, they were hungry. It was hunger that made the pups come out. The man took them and put them into his bag. He went to the she-wolf. Approaching the place, the man saw the she-wolf standing quietly and looking at him. Of course, she smelled her pups and was anxiously waiting for them. The man let them go and they joyfully ran to the wounded she-wolf. Licking her babies, she lay down and the little wolves started sucking her milk. On the way to the she-wolf, the man noticed a body of a dead deer. So after taking the pups back, he immediately went to bring it. This food was enough for a couple of days. Having fed the she-wolf, the man set up a campsite and stayed there for the night. In the morning, the pups woke up the man, playfully licking and sniffing his face. The wolf watched this with excitement. And then the thought occurred to the man, what if I try to gain the confidence of the predator? Maybe this way I will be able to save her from the trap. Pause. Over the next few and days- And then the, the wolf pause. killed him. I don't think most, and not like I'm some, I'm not Steve Irwin or anything, but <laughs> I don't think people truly understand like, this is not disney kind of 
It does seem like it. A wolf will fucking eat you. Like, really quick. Like, really, really wants to kill you. It does not want you around its family. It does not want you to be near him. As a human, you see a wolf, you go, okay, better back up. Because they are very, very vicious, and they do not want to be your friend. Right. So this is... So crazy, taking that into consideration. Continue. Anne talked with the she-wolf for hours, fed her, and slowly began to approach her. The she-wolf appreciated the efforts of the man and allowed him to get a little closer to her. Once, while feeding the wolf, he noticed a slight wagging of her tail, and he decided that he needed to act. The man took a blanket, wrapped it on his hand, and sat next to the she-wolf, so close that she could easily grab his throat. She let him do it, and sitting next to her on the cold earth, the man fell asleep. In the morning, he was awakened by the fluffy wolf pups. The man was very excited and happy that he was still alive. It was quite a chance. He could not miss the chance. The man put his hand on the wolf's injured leg. The wolf shuddered, but showed no signs of aggression. Then the man finally released the poor beast's paw. One would expect the she-wolf to pick up her pups and leave, but the man was surprised when she came up to him with the pups and began licking his hands. And bit and his hand off. unbelievable thing happened. The savior of the she-wolf realized that she was calling him to go with her. He was amazed by this behavior and he went after the she-wolf. Following the rescued wolf, the man went into the depths of the forest. After a <laughs> while, they came to a plain no! with a beautiful lake. The man saw that a wolf pack of eight adult animals and several pups lived in this place. The wolves greeted the she-wolf with a heartbreaking howl. The wolf with her pups joined the pack. Of course, anyone would hardly want to be in such a place. To his own surprise, he was not scared. On the contrary, he felt as if he were part of the pack. It was getting dark. The man made a fire and pitched a tent. He saw wolf silhouettes moving in the dark. He had a strange feeling, an unusual admiration and reunion with nature. All right, hold up just one second. Um, it doesn't help that it's told like it's a fable. Right. Right. She's like got the music behind her. Once there was a man in the forest. It's sort of told in that style. Absolutely. So you don't really feel the danger and the, and the importance of that. And I, like I said, because of the way it's told, because of how preposterous this story is, and we haven't even gotten to the most preposterous part yet, um, you're, you're just like, well, that, okay, this sounds great, but it's just a YouTube video. This isn't real. Look in the top right corner there. It says real facts. And I went and I researched. I was like, it turns out this was... This was an article and a story written by the man that it happened to. And no kidding. She's retelling it, and this whole website is just amazing things that have happened in nature. Um, so so Jon Snow here has made friends <laughs> with wolves, and now he's like, he's in there with the wolf pack. Right. Okay? And you're like, And well, then they start throwing him up in the air. This Woo, is an amazing story. number one. <laughs> we're number one. We're, so this is an amazing story. Wow. What, I, I, that would change my life. I think it would change anybody's life. Just continue. Okay. It gets crazier. He was not afraid of the wolves. He knew they would not do any harm to him. He well, saved the she-wolf, and she brought him into her home in gratitude. The traveler woke up with the first rays of the rising sun. He realized that it was time to leave the she-wolf and this place. When the man was getting ready to leave, the she-wolf was nearby, sadly looking at him. The man slowly set off. Then he stopped and turned around. What did he see? It was amazing. The wolf and her little pups were right at the same place. They were looking at him as if they were accompanying him till the road. The man raised his hand and waved to them. The she-wolf answered him with a long, mournful howl, which rang out through the forest. But what happened next will be a great surprise. Four years later, the man returned to the Four same years. place. Nope. Walking through the forest, he saw a trap. 
It was He's the not walking trap either. from which he had saved the she-wolf. It was on the same tree where he had left it. Memories flooded over the man, and something made him go to that very plane where he had seen the she-wolf and her pups last time. Coming closer, he saw a huge bear near the lake. The bear smelled a human and rushed to him. The frightened man in an instant climbed to the top of a tree. The bear started climbing the tree for the prey. The man brought his hands to his mouth and tried making a wolf howl several times. Nope. The man was preparing for the worst fate of his life. Nope. But suddenly, something made the bear look back and nope. descend from the tree. From the side of the lake, four huge wolves were approaching. Showing their teeth and snarling awfully, they forced the bear to go away from that place. Then the wolves left, except one. The wolf stayed and was looking at the man for a long time. Yes, it was that she-wolf that he saved four years ago. Come on. A loud farewell howl of the she-wolf broke the silence in the forest, and she ran toward her friends. Soon the man left the forest and never returned there again. However, now he had the most vivid memories that remained with him forever, and he remembered his experience among the wolf pack for his lifetime. I would think so. <laughs> I'm being now, chased by a bear, and the wolves that I know here in the forest came and chased the bear away? The, they saved him. I don't believe this, by the way. Maybe. You said the guy wrote it. And then a uh, bear followed me up a no, tree. Could be. No, no, no. Very, very much could be. But uh, like I said, if you, if you do even like a cursory investigation um, in North America, the wolf population is very closely monitored. So right. like the, it, it is feasible that like a guy could be like, dude, it was the same <laughs> wolf. <laughs> Here's another thing. <laughs> If you're Pork Illustrated, if you're a guy <laughs> or a gal and you go off into the woods because you're some granola dude or right. some granola chick and you have this crazy encounter with wolves, then you keep going back into the forest and then you have an encounter with a bear and you need wolves to save you from said bear. At what point do you go, next time I'm bringing a gun? I'm not made for the forest. I'm out. Maybe. Don't even go there. I'm made for the forest if I have a 30-06. Yeah. Because if I see a wolf or a bear, I'm not going to shoot it on per Like, I don't want to. But if a bear's coming, it's going to get bucked. That guy is, that guy is um, amazing and pretty dumb. Yeah. Both. He's, he's on par with Grizzly Man. <laughs> he could have been Wolfman very quickly. <laughs> but well, I told you, crazy story, right? That's an amazing story. Yeah. And if it's true, I applaud I applaud you, Wolfman. If you uh, like this episode, go ahead and subscribe here on YouTube, and you can click the little bell thing so it gives you a little notification when we put them up. Mm hmm Which, by the way, is uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday now. Three days a week. Yep. That's all people can tolerate. People their can't hearts, keep up with it. Their hearts burst. <laughs> That's correct, yes. <clears throat> man saves a wolf, a wolf saves a bear. Mean no. man... Man saves a wolf, wolf saves a man. Right. Raccoon Jack cats as best as he can, and people go to space to save St. Jude. NFL player is better than us, and it's an outro. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, bro. Yeah, say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues, because Kevin and Mike just fucked you up with great Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Nice. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.